once again, a very good morning to everyone. Um, and what a day to, to celebrate. What a day to spend together. Um, I'm going to give a short message this morning. And straight after, we're going to go into a time of practical reflection on what Jesus has done for us on the cross for this day. But this day, we remember and we commemorate the suffering and death of Jesus. The suffering and death of Jesus. What a bleak event. What a dark moment. Good Friday. Why is it a good Friday? How do we call it a good Friday? The suffering and death of Jesus on the cross. What's so good about Good Friday? Now let me take it deeper as we explore the cross and the facts behind the crucifixion a little bit more. And my prayer is that this morning that God will, will reveal something to you this morning about His cross. New fresh revelations about His cross and what happened on that day when Jesus died for our sins. So crucifixion was not the only form of execution in ancient Rome, but it surely was the most painful. It was designed by the Romans to inflict a very slow, a very painful, and a very humiliating death on the person that is executed on the cross. It was a very slow death that, begin, that began many hours before hanging on the cross physically. It was very humiliating. If we read, if you go into, into the history and you see how they done it, most of the time the people were stripped, stripped from their clothes completely. They were naked hanging on the cross. People were spitting at them. People were making fun of them. It's the most humiliating way to die. It's public. The kids, everyone can walk by and see you hanging on the cross. Completely naked. It was also designed to not just kill its victims, but to torture them as much as possible. Now, the pain of crucifixion began many hours before, as I've mentioned. And as we know, as we read in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, John and Luke, we see exactly what Jesus went through. And we see firstly that he was scorched with the whip. He was scorched with the whip on his back. And if we look at the, the amplified Bible version of what they say, they say, he was whipped with a short whip of metal-tipped leather bands. There was no limit to the number of lashings. Frequently, the body was so lacerated that the intestines gushed out. So Jesus received lashes from this whip that had metal points, and it, te- it tore open his back, it tore open the skin, and the flesh, and sometimes the intestines gushed out of those wounds. And that was even before the actual um, crucifixion, before the actual execution. And then we read that there was a crown of thorns that was placed on his head. And imagine the crown of thorns piercing into, into the skin, into the skull. And friends, what, what we need to understand is, as kids, we get taught that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And we... In Sunday school, we draw a picture of a cross and a little heart, and you know, it's a fairy tale to us. And it's a beautiful story with hope, with light, and we all know that. But this was a real event that took place. This actually happened. And I promise you that the people, the Romans that were busy with Jesus there, they weren't asking him to nice, nicely lie down on that cross 
and quickly stand up, let me help you. Okay, let me, is, is that so when I push the crown of thorns in? Okay, just say if it's too so. They were treating him like a prisoner. They threw him on that cross. They took that, uh, that crown of thorns and they placed it as, they pressed it into his skull as much as they could to make sure the louder he screams, the better. And I know it's harsh, but we need to understand that this is reality. This happened. It's not a story. This took place. And then after all of that, to top it all off, he had to carry the cross through the streets of the city and then up the hill to um, Golgotha. And mostly alone. And we see that he was too, too weak at a, at a certain point that they had to call in Simon to help him carry that cross. Now if we, if we go look a little bit into the science and into this, the specific um, measures of the cross and the crosses they used, it is believed that when people were crucified, they mostly carried only the crossbar that that, that's on the back. They carried them on the back to the point where the vertical post is already standing where they are going to get crucified. So if that was the case, the crossbar, crossbar weighed approximately 50 kilograms. So that's already 50 kilograms that Jesus had to carry after he just received those lashes, after he got this pain and this humiliation inflicted on him. He had to carry that 50 kilograms up that hill. But there are a lot of theologians that believe that in Jesus' case it was different. A lot of them, but there's no proof, a lot of them believe that Jesus carried his whole cross to the hill. That he didn't have a vertical post when he did. That he had to carry the whole cross. We will never know. But if that was the case, that adds another 90 kilograms to the 50. Imagine carrying that, that cross while people are humiliating you. People are throwing bombs at you. People are shouting things at you. With the pain that you already have. And then I'm going to fast forward a little bit into the story. Now after after Jesus has breathed out his last breath on that cross. We go to John 19 verse 34. It says, One of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. And at once there came out blood and water. Blood and water. Now if you speak to anyone in the medical field, they will tell you that if there is a watery fluid um, present in the lungs and heart area of your body, it shows an indication of a, a lack of oxygen. When they do a topsy on, 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 a, on a dead body, it will most likely point to a death by asphyxiation. In other words, death by suffocation. Not enough oxygen. And friends, that's why the cross was so cleverly designed by the Romans. To inflict a very, very painful death. So basically what happened was Jesus suffocated to death on that cross. You see, the cross is designed that when the person hangs on that cross, the hyperexpansion of the chest, of the, of the chest muscles and the lungs presses it so tightly that you cannot take a breath because you are hanging by your hands. So what you need to do is you need to pull yourself up. Jesus had to pull himself up. These nail-scarred hands with nails driven through them into the wound and his feet. He had to bear that pain for that moment to just lift up his chest a bit, to take a breath and then hang it. And imagine the immense pain when he had to pull himself up. And then now every now and then he had to take that breath and then hang. 
Until exhaustion and pain was too much and he couldn't do it anymore. And eventually, dying of suffocation, asphyxiation, not enough, not enough air. Why, friends, why did this happen? Why did Jesus have to go through such a horrible death, such horrible suffering? Why this horrific event? What good Friday? This is a sorrowful Friday. This is a, a horrible Friday, heartbreaking, unfair Friday. Why did Jesus have to go through that? And the simple answer, friend, is you, me, sin. That's why Jesus had to go through that. Romans 5 verse 12, Paul writes and he says, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin and so death spread to all men because all sin. So here Paul is writing, he's saying since Adam's first fall, one man that brought sin into his world it spread like a disease of darkness through all humanity and we all have sinned. And we can go through the chairs here and every one of you there's none of you that say, I'm without sin. All have sin. And then what we see in this passage is death came because of the sin. Death came into existence because of the sin that was brought in by man. Death was never part of God's plan, friends. God never intended there to be such a thing as death. But sin brought death into existence. But Paul goes on in, chapter, in verse 15, the same chapter. He says, but, and this word is so important, but the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many die through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for me. For me. Here again, there's another one man. Therefore, verse 18, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. Can you see that the reversal took place over here? God came and reversed what initially happened. One man's life led to everyone's death. But one man's death led to everyone's life. And that's the privilege that you and I have today. Is that because of Jesus Christ that came and died on the cross for our sins, we no longer have to settle for death. God has come and cancelled our death. If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we get to be called His sons and daughters. Romans 6 verse 23 says, the wages of sin is death. What we deserve, what we earn because of sin is death. And then again comes that beautiful word. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. God came, He cancelled out the wages of sin which is death. And He told us because of Jesus we can have eternal life. And that is why it's called, called Good Friday. That's why we can celebrate this day. 
the effect of the cross was completely changed. What the Romans intended the cross to, to be was changed by God. And I want to take you through a couple of points. What the cross was meant for. It was meant to act on fear. But instead it awakened faith. It was meant to be violent. But instead it became our peace. It was meant to uproot hope. But instead it became a seed. It was meant to punish captives. But instead it brought freedom. It was meant to build up Rome. But instead it built up God's kingdom. It was meant for humiliation. But instead it became his glorification. It was meant to stop a movement. But instead it became the way. It was meant to put out Jesus. But instead it set up his resurrection. It was meant to be our judgment. But instead it became our mercy. It was meant to be used for evil. But instead it was used for good. It was meant to cause death. But instead it brought life. So what's so good about Good Friday? Just one thing. That the blood of Jesus came and reversed the curse of sin and raised the dead to life. And friends, I want to share with you a, a video clip that I want you to watch with me. And as we watch this video clip, I want to ask you, listen to what God is saying to you while you're watching this. The cross is personal. The cross is intimate. Yes, Jesus died for all of us. If you look around the person next to you, Jesus died for that person. But know that Jesus died for you as well. The cross is personal. The cross is intimate. If you were the only person on this earth, you would have still hung on that cross for you. Do you truly believe? Do you truly understand? And with knowing that, when you go out in the streets, when you go about doing your daily business, every person you meet, Jesus died for those people, for every single one of them. The cross is personal and intimate to every single one of us. So I want you to enjoy this video clip. I want to ask the tech team to switch off the lights again. As you listen to this video clip, I want to ask you to read along with the words as you, as you watch it and let these words minister to you and then after that I will lead us into a, a moment of practical reflection. Oh, yeah. 
no longer the sound of freedom rising. Now God's people are utterly broken. Behold the chains of mortality. Yes, this is what is true. We heard the stories of old. The lost are found, the blind can see, the weak are made strong. But now, we are witnesses to this reality. God is dead. We almost believe there is a way of redemption. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a peace beyond understanding. Now we know better. For us, we can say that God is encapsulated in this one realization. The single greatest sacrifice in human history is finished. How clearly we can see What's so good about Good Friday? Just one thing. That the blood of Jesus can reverse the curse of sin and raise the dead to life. How clearly we can see it is finished. The single greatest sacrifice in human history encapsulated in this one realization. We can say that God is for us. Now we know that there is a peace beyond understanding. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a way of redemption. We always believe God is dead. And now we are witnesses to this reality. The weak are made strong. The blind can see. The lost are found. We heard the stories of old. Yes, this is what is true. single one day. And you deserve death. But he came. 
everybody to reverse the process. And He died so that we can have life. We're going to have a time of reflection now to respond. And we've got three stations here. The one here next to me is, is repentance. And this is where you come before the Lord in a moment of repentance. With those trespasses, those iniquities, those shortcomings that you are thinking of right now. It's understanding in this moment that those things were nailed to the cross with Jesus. He died for them. And what you, can, what you do here in this station is you just take time with God. You just lay those things before Him, before His feet. And practically, you can take a piece of paper, you can write down those things, those sins, those shortcomings, those things that are really pulling you away. And you can declare, but you're giving this over to God. You believe that Jesus died on the cross for these sins. And there are hands here, there are nails there. And you can just nail it to the cross. Because it was nailed with Jesus on that cross. And ask a friend to just hold the cross for you while you do it so it doesn't fall over. Just please hold the, hold the cross in place when you do it. But that's a practical place where you just spend time in repentance with God. Then we've got a station back there on the right hand side. That is receive and respond. That is where there will be a couple of leaders that will be available to pray with you, will minister to you in prayer. And then while you're receiving this prayer, allow God to speak to you. And there are also pens and papers back there where you can write down if, if God presses something on your heart that you can take home with you and you can remember. You can put it in your Bible, you can keep it with you, you can remember what God has promised and what He has said to you. And then there's also a couple of scriptures promises from the Word of God randomly there that you can take one as well and take it with you. Maybe God's got a promise, got a word for you from one of those. And then on my left corner at the back there is remember. And that is where we remember what Jesus has done through communion. Where you can have a moment by yourself and, and God or with your family where you can just remember how God, how Jesus, His body was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. A moment of remembrance of what He had done on the cross through communion. So you can go to, to these three stations in no particular order. Wherever you want to go first, you're welcome to go. But take a moment, it's now you and God, where you get to reflect, get to respond actively what Jesus had done on this specific day that we commemorate. Let me pray for us and then we you're welcome to, to go to the stations. Father, Father, thank you. It's the simple two words that we can give you is thank you, Lord. Thank you for allowing Jesus to die on the cross by our sins. Father, the suffering that, that he had to endure that we actually deserve. Father, we, we can't comprehend that you took it away from us and put it on Jesus. But thank you. Thank you that that was enough, Lord. That we get to be called your sons and your daughters. Father, we, we love you. We worship you.
Paul, and may this not just be a moment, but we want to keep walking with you, knowing that you will always be by our sides. And may people around us in this city get to know you because of our relationship with you. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.